This episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast is brought to you by Jobber. Jobber is your business's command center. The easy-to-use app powers your sales, operations, and customer service all in one place. Go check them out at lawncarebusinesssuccess.com slash jobber to receive 20% off your first six months. listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now, here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 256, entitled Lawn Reno Season. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week, and of course, for those questions, comments, and feedback that you guys have been sending through. I really do appreciate that. Uh, This week, here, uh, I wanted to talk about uh, lawn reno season. Uh, a lot of you guys have been uh, sending me messages and asking me about uh, tips uh, when uh, renovating lawns for your clients um, and uh, what my uh, procedures uh, or uh, my process is of uh, renovating lawns. And I find uh, renovating lawns uh, a lot easier to do. Um, than say uh, tearing out an old lawn and then uh, resodding um, and and going through that process of of uh, you know putting down rolls of sod and stuff like that um, and uh, the results um, I think in the end uh, at least where I'm at uh, here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I've just seen uh, much better results uh, in renovating um, an already existing lawn than uh, replacing uh, that lawn. And part of that might be just because um, all of the lawns that I've seen where people have um, uh, used sod instead of just renovating an existing lawn um, is probably just due to shoddy workmanship uh, and them not uh, uh, going through uh, proper steps or, um, you know, following up, uh, with, uh, some proper steps. Um, and, uh, you know, we can, uh, talk a little bit, uh, about, uh, that. Uh, so the issues, uh, you know, I guess that's a perfect uh, spot to start. So what, uh, what I don't like about, um, uh, sodding uh, obviously is uh, it's a bit more uh, to me labor intensive uh, in the fact that um, you know you have to tear out that existing lawn um, you've got to bring in a bunch of soil uh, to uh, lay down and spread out and then uh, you got to take those rolls of sod you got to be rolling them out you got to be you know on your knees there uh, cutting uh, and trimming pieces off and getting it all to fit and uh, you know it's not um, rocket science to figure out uh, but um, what I find uh, doesn't work uh, is uh, I guess a lot of guys don't go through that proper uh, soil preparation they just kind of throw the sod on top of uh, uh, maybe hard compacted soil they don't add any extra soil uh, underneath um, and a lot of cases they don't follow up 
or give proper instructions on the care. And I see a lot of, um, you know, really poorly implemented um, versions of this. Uh, like I'll show up to a lawn and you'll see sections that are completely dying, sections that are um, not even, um, you know, growing roots. Like you could peel them back, uh, big wide gaps in between pieces. Um, and, you know, when they do that, they're not putting in, uh, any soil or top dressing it or uh, overseeding it or anything like that to try to you know help uh, have it all f- uh, filled in uh, and then just poor um, care instructions I guess uh, left in a lot of cases though uh, to be fair um, it's a lot of new construction uh, that I'll see and uh, you know they're throwing uh, the landscape is like the the last piece of the puzzle it's a afterthought uh to the the new home construction and there's just like garbage left over uh, in the landscape everything's been tossed around you've got clay all mixed into that topsoil layer you've got construction debris uh left uh in the lawn so and then they just go and throw, you know, saw it on top. And um, it's no wonder that most of them just look terrible and, and don't take and, and that sort of stuff. But uh, with an, an existing lawn that has, um, you know, uh, for me here in the Pacific Northwest, it's a lot of moss issues uh, because of all the rain we get and a lot of shade. And so moss is very, very prevalent here. Uh, so that's primarily what I am um fixing in a lawn when I'm doing a lawn renovation is people are calling me because the lawn is just so so mossy and uh you know they're going out to mow it and the moss is like a three inch thick uh shag carpet and it becomes very very tough to mow because uh it just fights the blades and it's hard to push you know a standard uh push mower for a homeowner who might uh not have a self-propelled mower or anything like that and they're trying to manually push it and you're going through this thick moss and the, the weight of the machine is pushing down on this sort of spongy material and it's a fight uh, all the way through. So uh, that's primarily the issues that I'm fixing here in the Pacific Northwest is getting rid of that uh, moss and then um, renovating the lawn so that it's all lawn so that it's you know easy to mow. And obviously it looks a lot nicer than having, uh, you know, the big patches of thick moss uh, throughout uh, the lawn. Uh, so I'm going to go through uh, my process of... Um, what I do, uh, the steps that I take, um, to renovating a lawn. Um, and another, um, thing here for, uh, doing lawn renovations here in the Pacific Northwest too, is, uh, for Schaefer beetle repair. Uh, so we're getting a lot of the Schaefer beetle here. It's, um, a bug, uh, that, uh, it's larva, uh, live in the soil and, uh, they uh, come up uh, through the soil uh, before they turn into beetles from their larva stage and they feed off the roots of the grass and uh, that tends to obviously kill off uh, patches of grass uh, which turns it yellow and then that's an indicator to uh, the local wildlife here the skunks and the crows that there's uh, you know a buffet dinner there waiting for them uh, underneath uh, that uh, dead grass so they come in and they start ripping out chunks of uh, lawn and uh, can uh, completely decimate um, sections of lawn. Now, 
for where I am uh, in the region that I live in, uh, the city of Vancouver uh, has been uh, dealing with this issue for uh, probably a good eight years or so at least. And uh, for me, uh, I'm on the other side. I'm in a suburb. I'm on the other side of a river, a major river uh, that sort of uh, divides uh, the uh, territory there. And uh, it's been uh, relatively uh, issue free uh, until the last uh, two years. Uh, So uh, for those uh, many years that uh, you know the the big city was dealing with it. Everybody here in the suburbs, you know, most of them, if they didn't get out of the suburb, I would talk to clients about it and stuff, and they'd be like, they would have no idea, no clue, I'd never seen it, never heard of it. Yet, um, you know, you go into the the big city, and uh, you know, entire neighborhoods are dealing with it year after year after year after year. Well, these last, uh, like I said, uh, a few years, I've seen. Um, it come across the river finally, and uh, I watched sort of tracked it over the last three years, kind of starting in those uh, neighborhoods uh, right across uh, the bridge uh, on the this side of the river, and uh, slowly over the last three years, it's worked its way uh, to where uh, I am and where my customers uh, have, and uh, I've had uh, customers this year finally, uh, uh, you know, uh, having it in their lawns, and I've had to. Uh, do uh you know renovations of their lawns uh to uh, get them back into shape after uh, that wildlife has uh, torn it uh, all apart so uh, i'm going to go through uh, my steps on uh, doing a successful uh lawn renovation uh right after we hear from our sponsor Have you ever thought about starting your own lawn and landscaping business, but not sure where to start? Look no further than LawnTrepreneurAcademy.com, an e-training website dedicated to helping you start and grow a successful lawn care business. Save more time and make way more money by learning exactly what it takes to grow your business to the next level. Invest in your future by first investing in yourself. Use promo code PODCAST to save 10% on all training programs today at LawnTrepreneurAcademy.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, so the uh, first uh, step uh, in the process of doing a lawn renovation is just to assess the lawn, to uh, you know look at it, uh, see what it is um, that you're trying to correct. Uh, so for me, like I said, uh, primarily um, this is a moss issue, um, and in some cases now uh, it can be a uh, Schaefer beetle issue, um, where, um, you know, the lawn is actually physically, uh, damaged where it's just, like I said, chunks of lawn and stuff uh, being torn out, um, by uh, wildlife. So, uh, for me, when it comes to, um, uh, the issue to do, uh, with moss, um, then I divide my service up into three, uh, main steps. And uh, or three main visits, uh, I should say, to do the entire uh, completion of uh, the process. So the first visit, if it's a you know a moss issue, um, it would be to put a moss control uh, product down. So if this is a regular lawn mowing client that I'm dealing with, then I would just incorporate this step after one of the weekly lawn mowings. Um, if this is not a weekly lawn mowing client that I would be doing this step after, uh, or sorry, on its own uh, separate visit uh, to this uh, particular uh, home and uh, would put a moss control product. Now, 
from Moss uh, Control. You uh, use an, uh, an iron-based product, iron sulfate. And it can come in uh, various far- forms. You can uh, get it in a liquid form, uh, and you can also get it in a granulized uh, pellet form, just like uh, fertilizer. I tend to use the uh, fertilizer uh, form of this um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, so, and it, and it can completely depend. The liquid form of this is almost always more powerful in um, killing moss. Uh, it um, tends to be like an 18% uh, iron sulfate mixture where the uh, pelletized form, at least, uh, you know, here where I'm from, uh, is usually about 13 and a half percent iron uh, in that. Uh, but I like the uh, pelletized form, at least for the, the, the brand that I find, because um, in the powder form, the iron needs a carrier um, because it's so fine. It's like a dust almost. Uh, and literally, um, because it's iron and you're, when you're spreading it and it gets in the air, um, you know, if you get a little bit of, of that dust, uh, in your mouth and you taste it, it actually tastes like you bit your lip. It has that metal flavor. Like you would, uh, uh, taste if you bit your lip and you take, we're tasting the iron, uh, in your blood. Um, so it has that same, uh, taste, uh, that you would uh, have, uh, not that you should be eating it, but you will uh, inevitably, unless you're wearing a mask, uh, you know, uh, get some if the breeze is uh, blowing in the wrong direction. But that uh, iron needs that carrier uh, to be uh, put down because it's so fine. If you were to just uh, put iron dust down, um, you know, it would be a lot like uh, putting regular uh, lime uh, down on lawn where it's very, very fine, almost like uh, baking flour uh, and, uh, you know, it would just, uh, a lot of it would blow away. It'd be hard to control where it's going uh, down. So, you know, they tend to sell products that have uh, a carrier mixed in with the uh, iron. So one of the options for this, uh, and I've seen this um, sold at uh, stores like Home Depot, for example, is uh, they'll have a cheaper version of uh, the Moss Control, uh, but it'll use gravel, as the carrier so they'll have very very fine gravel um in the bag and you open it and basically just looks like a bag of gravel but the gravel is all covered in an orangey uh, iron uh, sulfate powder and you pour this in your fertilizer spreader and you spread the product um so i've used this a couple times and it does work as far as the moss control, but it also tends to be a even weaker version of that iron sulfate. So it might be like a, a 9% um, iron sulfate uh, on that gravel. Um, the other option is to use uh, a fertilizer based uh, iron sulfate product. So the one that I use is, is a 936 fertilizer uh, like I said, it has a 13 and a half percent, uh, iron mixed in. And this one works, uh, you know, really, really well. It's obviously a bit stronger. Um, and, uh, because it has that fertilizer, it's got that, um, it's a weak fertilizer, so to speak, cause it's a nine, three, six. It's not a, a harsh fertilizer. Uh, and you're generally putting this down 
in the spring as things are coming uh, alive and, and starting to uh, you know, uh, uh, grow, uh, at least here in the Pacific Northwest, we do a lot of the power raking, uh, is not unusual to do in the springtime because our falls are so wet. I know in other parts of the country and in the United States and stuff like that, uh, power raking is, uh, you know, very popular in the fall. Uh, but here because of the wet climate, uh, it makes no sense to power rake in the fall. Uh, so, um, you know, you're doing uh, things like this, like putting a moss control down, um, even if you're not power raking it, uh, you know, afterwards, you're putting it down uh, in the uh, springtime uh, to try to encourage, uh, you know, the growth of that lawn. So, you know, using that uh, fertilizer, uh, and I call this, um, it's often, uh, you know, if you listen to the podcast and you've seen videos uh, that I've done, you know, this is uh, what I often refer to as my secret weapon is that 936 uh, with that 13 and a half percent fertilizer because that stuff, um, that combination um, is the biggest impact fertilizer moss control that I've seen, even on, um, you know, a regular lawn, a regular lawn with no fertilizer. This is the product that if I put it on a lawn, people are just uh, amazed at the results. It will make a lawn look so fantastic. And part of that is that iron um, that, uh, you know, that iron will turn, um, you know, an ordinarily green lawn into the darkest, lushest, um, you know, deepest green uh, looking lawn. Um, It is just fantastic. And, uh, it never ceases to amaze me, never uh, fails me that every spring, because I will put that product down on every single property because moss is an issue here. It's, uh, it makes sense to start off the season. Everybody gets a moss control, but because it has that fertilizer component to it, um, it you know starts to boost the grass up, starts to get it uh, you know growing you know, it's already starting to grow because of the, the spring season and the warm temperatures starting, but it gives it that nice gentle boost, um, to start growing, um, without putting a really heavy fertilizer on it to start the season. So for that first month, you're getting that nice gentle growth, but it's turning that lawn super, super lush green looking. Um, so it's a fantastic, uh, product to use. If you can find uh, a nine, three, six, uh, fertilizer with, uh, uh, an iron sulfate component to it. So it'll, it'll say something like nine, three, six plus, you know, 13% iron. Um, so, uh, just a fantastic product. And that's why, like I say, I always refer to it as my secret weapon because customers will, uh, literally say to me, like everybody comments on the lawn, uh, in the evenings when they're going for their, you know, uh, walks and strolls in the evening. Um, and you know, if we're outside, uh, they always comment on the lawn, like how nice it looks. Uh, you know, and, uh, it's also the product that people will say, you know, if I'm uh, talking to a customer, um, towards the end of the season and stuff and finishing up, uh, mows for the end of the season. And I say to them, you know, you know, that's the last mow and, and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll see you next season and stuff. And, and, you know, I've had customers say, yeah, yeah. Fan, you know, looking fantastic, looking forward to, uh, next year, having you back and, um, whatever you do, um, you know, put down whatever you did last spring, 
whatever that was that you put did to the lawn make sure you do that again and uh i know exactly what they're talking about it's that uh, 936 uh fertilizer uh, with that iron in it so uh that's the the first step for me is to put uh, that moss control product down and like i say um i like using that one because not only um does it give you uh those moss uh killing benefits um you know, in wetter climates like here. Uh, but it's a great product to use on any lawn. In fact, uh, when I was taking my um, uh, applicator's license uh, to be able to spray, uh, you know, weed uh, herbicides and things like that many years ago, um, you know, they covered uh, a portion of, hey, you know, moss control and stuff like that. Um, and uh, they were saying that, you um, uh, you know, uh, basically saying that this stuff is fantastic that, uh, they said, you know, if you have a client, even if, um, you know, if you have a client that's going to say, uh, have a, um, a barbecue in the summer and they're having, you know, a bunch of friends and family over, or maybe they're going to have a backyard wedding or something like that. Um, you know, that he would use, uh, iron on the lawn, um, you know, weeks before, he says, as long as there's not actual moss in the lawn, if you know, as long as you've taken care of that in the spring and gotten rid of the moss, and now you're dealing with just lawn, um, then hit it with that iron again because that's going to turn that lawn so green uh, that uh, you know it's perfect for um, entertaining guests, for you know a wedding or something where you're going to have photos and things, and you want that lawn to look its best. Uh, to hit it with iron, he said. You know, obviously, of course, if you haven't taken care of that moss, then obviously you don't want to do that because it'll kill the moss in the lawn, and all the moss will turn black, and then you know, that's going to ruin your photo ops, uh, having black patches. And I actually had a customer, um, who this had happened to them. They had, uh, one of those large, uh, spraying companies come out, you know, the big, uh, corporate companies uh, that we all know about with all their trucks the, and, uh, you know, go around and, uh, you know, that make you prepay for packages and things like that. And, uh, you know, he had a, uh, his uh, a wedding for his daughter and i can't remember now because it's been many many years whether he was having the wedding in the backyard or just guests from out of town and he was hosting like a barbecue before the wedding um but needless to say they had um come in this company and they were you know they would come in all the time unannounced he never knew what the schedule was because it was just you know he prepaid for some package uh and the problem is that a lot of these companies that do that sort of stuff they that's all they do they don't do mowing they don't do um hedge trimming and all those other things so you know they can't uh you know do moss control for say 2000 clients or whatever their list is because they're so aggressive with their marketing and canvassing um, at the proper times and they're not going to just work you know in the spring and then do nothing for two months until the next fertilizer application so they tend to obviously you know service lawns all throughout the year which means that some people are going to get things done at the wrong time just because you know they don't really in my opinion, care 
about uh, that. They just care about signing up as many clients as they can and, you know, just putting down stuff willy nilly without really thinking about it. And that's what happened with this client was instead of having, you know, that moss control done in the spring, um, like we would typically do here as a pre- preventative um, or, you know, a discouragement, they did it in the summertime. Uh, and uh, it was just before uh, this client's, um, you know, backyard barbecue with uh, family and stuff from out of town. And it turned the lawn all black because it was all this moss. And now he's having all his guests over and stuff. And the lawn looked uh, terrible uh, to be hosting, uh, you know, an event or, or anything like that. Uh, and he was very uh, upset uh, with it. Uh, he came out to talk to me about it. And I still remember and he was just very, very upset that they had, uh, you know, just shown up and done it. And, uh, you know, there was nothing he could do now other than just wait it out and stuff. But it was too late uh, for the timing of that. But, uh, you know, using that on a property that doesn't uh, have moss um, will yield fantastic results if you're looking for, uh, you know, just a really green looking lawn for, uh, you know, photo opportunities. So anyways, the first step uh, that I do is to assess the lawn. And uh, if it's that moss control, like I said, then I'm going to go for a separate visit. Or if it's a mowing client, the same visit, and I put that moss control uh, product down. And with moss control, you have to wait uh, a few weeks uh, for it to uh, do its thing. Uh, And uh, you want to make sure the conditions are right. Moss can be a bit tricky. So here um, with the constant rain uh, or in very wet environments, uh, moss is like a sponge. Uh, So if you think about a sponge uh, when it's dry, uh, if you were to, you know, put it under, uh, you know, a tap, with running water, um, it's going to soak in that water to a certain point. Um, and then the water start is going to start to, uh, come out of it or say a better example of this would be, uh, say if there's a spill uh, of a liquid on a table and you're going to wipe the table down with a dry sponge, it's going to soak up a certain amount and retain that moisture. Uh, but if there's too much liquid, that sponge is going to get completely saturated and it's not going to be able to take in any more uh, of that liquid. So moss is very much uh, the same. That's a sort of the best analogy um, I can give you. So in a wet environment, what you want to do is you want to wait for that moss to be dry. Uh, you want to wait for a break in the weather where it hasn't rained, where it, where it's allowed to let some of that moisture dry out. Uh, Otherwise, if you're putting a moss control product down, what you want is you want that moss to be thirsty, to be, uh, you know, ready to suck in moisture when it does rain or the water gets, or the lawn gets watered so that, uh, you know, if you're putting that moss control down and it starts to rain after that, um, you know, in the case of, uh, you know, a fertilized uh, moss control product, then it's going to suck in that moss control. Uh, or if you're using a liquid-based moss control and you're putting it down, it's going to suck in that moss control. But if you put it, um, you know, after a week of rain, uh, where it's rained every day and that uh, moss is completely saturated with water, it's not going to soak in as much uh, of that. In a lot of cases, you'll get no result. Um, so 
you know, if moss is an issue, and I know I'm talking about a very limited, uh, probably, uh, uh, amount of people that have to deal, uh, with moss as much as we do here in the Pacific Northwest, but if that's your issue, then you want to make sure that that first step that that moss has been given at least, uh, I think most moss control products will say at least three days of no rain, um, just to give it a chance uh, for drainage and stuff before you put that moss control product down. So, you know, when those conditions are right, I put the moss control product down and then we wait. Um, and I'll give it at least a week um, at a minimum uh, before uh, I come back to uh, do the next step. So uh, I'm going to take a quick uh, break to hear from our sponsor and then uh, we'll get back right into it. At Xmark, we've poured decades of leading-edge engineering and old-fashioned work ethic into our Laser Z, the pioneering commercial zero-turn rider more landscape pros trust. So now you can experience cut quality, performance, comfort, durability, and reliability beyond your wildest dreams. Stop by your local dealer or visit xmark.com to experience an Xmark Laser Z and the attractive financing offers available now. Okay, so the next step after uh, doing that moss control and uh, having that all ready to go uh, is uh, to do uh, the power raking. Uh, So uh, just another note on moss control. Um, You want to make sure if you're going to be power raking and there's moss involved, Uh, that that moss is in fact uh, dead or has been treated with that moss control product uh, at least for a week or so. Uh, And one of the reasons is uh, that uh, moss will spread uh, by airborne uh, spores. And uh, I see it all the time uh, where customers will say to me, um, you know, that they uh, went out to Home Depot, they rented a power rake, they tried to uh, get rid of the moss themselves and they power rake their lawn And uh, they say, you know, it's actually worse now. It came back worse. And that's the reason is that they didn't treat the moss. And I always ask them, did you kill the moss first? And they're like, no, didn't know you had to do that. Uh, So common mistake uh, that's done. And uh, so you don't want to power rake um, a lawn uh, that is uh, covered in moss if you haven't killed the moss. Unfortunately, if you're in a dense city, um, there's not much control that you have over neighbors doing this and you still can get, um, you know, uh, moss and stuff. Uh, you know, if your next door neighbor and your, um, uh, is uh, power raking. And then, uh, like I say, a lot of the neighborhoods I work in, um, the front yards are shared. They're all connected. Um, at, at least between driveways, uh, you might get two houses that share uh, a front lawn. Uh, and, uh, you know, that can be an issue if one person's power raking, but they haven't treated uh, that lawn and there's a bit of a breeze and stuff like that. Uh, there's a good chance that that other lawn uh, will uh, start to get uh, some moss uh, issues as well. So uh, that's the reason uh, we deal with that as step number one. So step number two now would be on that second visit that I would come back uh, and this would be a dedicated visit now, um, unlike step one where I can incorporate that moss control into a weekly mowing if it's a weekly client um, or just uh, you know doing a, a single visit if it's not a weekly uh, client. And so step two uh, now is that uh, dedicated visit. So I'm going to uh, the customer's property uh, and I will have with me um, rakes. I'll have uh, tarps with me. I'll have my power rake with me. 
and I'll have uh, the aerator with me. Uh, so for step two, what I typically do is I start off with a power raking. So now that uh, you'll see all those, uh, if the moss control was effective, you'll see uh, the moss all turning uh, brown or black. Uh, and it'll be easy to spot out those uh, those really uh, uh, bad areas. I will start to power rake uh, the lawn. Um, the other thing that I'll have with me as well um, is uh, my lawnmower. And I'll use the lawnmower uh, to help with cleanup in a lot of cases um, and just to uh, make it easier to power rake. So when you're power raking, those metal tines are, uh, you know, rotating, uh, combing through, uh, the lawn and those areas of moss are going to be very easy, uh, to come up. It'll come up. Um, it, it, there's barely any root system to moss. You can you pull it up like a carpet. So when you put a power rake over it, it just all comes loose, uh, very, very, uh, easily. Uh, so the, the toughest part for the machine, um, is fighting through the grass um, if the grass is thick uh, or tall. So uh, actually the first step uh, that I would do before I power rake it is I would mow the lawn uh, as short as I could. Uh, so I'd mow the lawn, lawn short. Uh, and again, um, you know, if uh, moss is an issue, um, then the your height of cut is going to be restricted by uh, that moss, because again, you know, if you're going too uh, low, um, then you're kind of like scalping that moss and it's uh, very hard on the mower. Uh, so you're going to cut it uh, as low as you can and then go over it with um, the power rake. Uh, so I'll go over it uh, doing uh, the outline of the uh, property like you would with a mower. You're going around the perimeter first and then uh, I will start uh, depending on how I'm working. If I'm working alone, I can go, uh, doing stripes with the power rake. So I'll go, uh, in one direction, turn around, come back, turn around, go again, basically uh, like you're mowing stripes in a lawn. If I'm working with somebody, then I will just go around in circles. Uh, and there's a reason for this because when I'm working alone, I will, um, I can do the stripes because I am, the only one there. So I'm going to be the one that's cleaning up the mess because when you're power raking, uh, in most cases, unless there's some uh, bag attachment or something on the power rake, which most of them don't have, uh, it just leaves the debris all over the lawn and it leaves piles of that moss, uh, behind it. Um, so what I'll do is if I'm by myself, I can do those stripes because I'm going to do the entire front lawn, uh, once or back lawn, whatever section of lawn, I'm going to do it, uh, all first. And then, uh, once I've got the entire lawn power raked once, then comes your cleanup. So then I would go, and if it's really, really heavy, then I'll take a rake and I'll rake it into piles, uh, and then put it into a tarp. Now, if you're, um, working with somebody, you can use, uh, the lawnmower for cleanup as well. Um, but what you want to do is uh, you can go around in circles because generally what uh, we'll do is we'll use it uh, because the power rake is about uh, the same width as a 21 inch mower. Uh, we'll use a 21 inch mower 
as uh, you know the cleanup. Uh, so basically, if I'm going around the perimeter or going around in circles, uh, the first person pushing the power rake will start to power rake, and when I'm about you know at the midway point of that first loop, then the person doing um, the cleanup can start. So they basically give you a bit of a head start. And then they can start following behind with the lawnmower and the lawnmower set on a high setting. Um, usually you can uh, uh, pitch the front on a 21 inch uh, mower. You've got uh, the individual height adjustments. You can pitch the front of the mower up higher uh, so that it kind of, uh, you know, allows those piles of moss to work in. And basically you're just allowing the mower to bag uh, that debris on top. You're not worried about cutting the lawn at this point. You're just collecting it and it's going to fill up very quickly you might go depending on how bad the moss is you might go um you know um, 10 feet and the bag will be full uh, and then you have to dump it so if it's really really thick uh then you might opt to uh, do the raking first uh, because in most cases uh, the raking can be a lot quicker just to get the the majority of the debris up uh, in which case, then, even if you're working um, with uh, a person, you can start doing uh, stripes instead of going around in circles. So the circle method would be just if, um, you know, the the uh, moss isn't as bad or if you're just uh, getting up maybe th- uh, thatch and things like that, uh, then one person can be um, power raking and the other person following behind uh, to collect uh, that debris. But if it's really, really heavy, infestation of moss and there's a ton of debris then you might want to uh, do the uh, uh, stripe method so that uh, one person uh, is doing the stripe method and then uh, you know you're going to allow that first person uh, to do maybe a third of the lawn um, before uh, the person starts to rake uh, behind Uh, so that gives uh, space while one person is uh, power raking the other person is cleaning up and you're not getting in each other's way. So there's a couple of different ways uh, that you can uh, do it. Uh, but uh, in some times or some cases, uh, you might have to wait until you start actually power raking to decide uh, when you're doing that perimeter uh, to sort of decide which way um, you're going to uh, start to do uh, the process or which way if you're going to manually rake the stuff up onto tarps or if you're going to use uh, the mower. Either way, once you get that first Uh, round all cleaned up then uh, the next step uh, is to uh, do it again and uh, you're gonna uh, power rake uh, the lawn again now again this is something that you have to judge just based on how much debris is coming up the power rake will remove um, the moss but it doesn't all come up um you know, there's, there's gaps, uh, in between those tines, uh, where areas are going to get missed. Um, so there's going to be moss left behind, especially if there's a, a, a large infestation of that moss. So what I do is if I did, uh, the circles on, uh, the next step, I will do stripes, um, just to, uh, be going in, um, you know, an opposite direction, uh, because generally if I'm, uh, depending on the layout of a lawn, if you're, even if you're going in circles, um, you know, you might be, um, 
you know, a lawn might be rectangle. So you're going in longer stripes in one direction around that circle. So then I'll go uh, do stripes in the shorter pattern. Um, and if I'm doing stripes as my first cleanup, then I'm going to do stripes again, but I'm going to do it in the opposite direction. Uh, so that, uh, you know, I'm going uh, across that first set of stripes and that's going to help to, um, you know, alleviate those missed spots because now you're, you're attacking that moss from a different angle. You're not just going over it because the, the, uh, power rake is the same width. If you were to do the same stripes again, those tines are going to line up with those same areas again. Um, so by going at a different direction, then, um, you know, you're going to catch, uh, a lot more of that missed moss. So that's what we'll do. We'll go, uh, in a separate direction. Uh, and, uh, then, uh, that pattern uh, repeats again, where you are then, uh, going to either rake it up, uh, depending on, uh, how, uh, thick or how bad it is, or you're going to, uh, use the mower again, uh, to, uh, uh pick up as much of that uh, debris uh, as possible. Now, once you're done this uh, step, you're done uh, that uh, second power raking, uh, then it's decision time. Uh, Then you have to decide, um, you know, how much more you want to go. And uh, for me, the limit um, can be three to four times uh, power raking because with the power rake, uh, you know, it can be very stressful on the lawn and you're trying to save as much of the lawn as possible. And I should mention too, that with a power rake, um, you know, you can adjust the height of those tines and, uh, you know, the best way to do this is to put it onto a solid pavement, onto a level surface, um, manually rotate uh, the tines so that, uh, they're hanging straight down and, uh, you want to adjust the height so that they're just touching, uh, the bottoms of those tines are just touching the pavement. Uh, so they're not resting on the pavement, um, you know, and, and actually being folded over or anything. And you don't want a gap between the pavement and the tine. You just want it to just touch uh, the pavement. And then when you put it on the lawn, because of the weight of the machine and stuff, it's just going to slightly just uh, scrape the surface of the soil. Um, And that's what you want um, as far as height. If if it's too high, it's not going to do a good enough job. You won't get um, enough power behind it to pull out the moss. If it's too low, you're going to struggle to control the machine as it's digging. It's going to be violently bouncing around and, uh, uh, the tons of vibration and stuff. If you get it just right, you'll see it. It's a lot easier to, to, uh, control the machine and it's going to pull out the maximum amount of debris. So that's what you want. You want to add that, uh, adjust that height. So when I'm at that point where I'm at the second power raking, then I decide, you know, where, is there more moss, uh, to come out? Um, or do we leave it uh, at this point? Uh, and every lawn is going to be different. So if I'm going a third time, then I would hit the lawn diagonally. So I'm always changing directions with each pass of the power rake. So I would go diagonally, do the whole process again, 
cleaning up in whichever way you decide to do the cleanup, whether rake or lawnmower. And then finally, um, at the end, when that's done, the very last uh, thing I would do um, after the third uh, power rake is, again, you can um, you can also spot uh, power rake or spot treat area. So you don't have to do the entire um, lawn if you're going a third time. You can just do, you know, the problem spots if there's patches um, that need to be uh, addressed or touched up to remove uh, some more uh, debris but once you've all uh, you know decided on that um the last step that i do is i mow the lawn again uh, because there'll be um st- uh, stragglers all over the place from the lawn um it'll look very rough looking um the lawn and um uh, so we'll mow again and we'll mow it short so we'll lower that front of the deck now um and uh you know, put the deck or as low as we can, uh, to do a nice clean cut on it. Uh, and, uh, be aware too, that, uh, with power raking, if you've used the lawnmower to clean, um, and to pick up debris that, uh, there's a good chance, uh, especially dealing with moss, uh, cause there'll be a lot of soil attached, uh, to the bottom of that moss that the bottom of your deck will be completely caked in dirt, um, so that's something to take into consideration and you, you want to have a, uh, a deck scraper with you. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I like using a 21 inch mower. Um, like I said, not only is it about the size of the power rake. So with two guys, um, you know, it's easy to manage one guy power raking while one guy's using a mower to clean up. Uh, but with a 21 inch mower, you can just flip it over on its side, use a scraper, just clean out the deck and then go and do the mow. Of course, your blades aren't going to be uh, the greatest at this point. And I'll tend to put older blades uh, on the machine um, instead of using, you know, blades that you would use to do a mowing. I'll use some old, uh, you know, uh, blades that uh, I'm not too worried about. Uh, and uh, and in some cases, I'll use an older mower, uh, you know, a backup mower or something like that uh, to do the power raking with or power rake cleanup with. Uh but, uh, you know, we'll clean out, uh, the deck because like I said, there'll be just a bunch of dirt and stuff just caked in, uh, to the bottom of the, the deck. We'll do, uh, that, uh, mowing and it just makes it very tidy looking. It takes care of all those stragglers and grass that uh, kind of got pulled up and, and, you know, just kind of wild looking, uh, and just makes it very neat and tidy and, uh, cleaned up looking. This also will help. Uh, with some of uh, the later steps uh, for your next visit uh, after uh, you finished with your uh, current visit uh, when you go to finally top dress the lawn. Uh, Having it nice and short uh, will make it a lot easier uh, to spread soil over uh, versus if the the lawn is uh, tall. So once that's all done, power raking's all done, you've done that, um, you know, clean up mow on it, uh, the next step um, uh, that I like to do uh, is to aerate uh, the lawn. And I'll typically do this just because uh, it's uh, quick and easy to do after um, the uh, power raking is done. Uh, and uh, it's easy to bring both machines with you. And uh, we will batch do uh, 
power raking um, and these types of jobs together. So if I'm doing lawn rentals, I'll do them in batches. So it's a lot easier to, because you're doing, you know, that first visit with a moss control, you know, I'll go and do all those jobs, putting down that moss control. And then, you know, that week later, when that moss control is uh, done and ready for power raking, then I've got the power rake with me. I've got, uh, you know, take the aerator with me. The back of my trailer is empty to haul away all that debris because there's so much stuff. You know, typically if I'm mowing lawns here, I'm leaving those grass clippings for uh, the city to take. But with, uh, you know, a power raking job, you can pull up a ton of debris and there's just, you know, way too much to put in somebody's uh, green waste bin for the city to take. So I will take debris away, uh, to a dump, um, for that. So it's just a lot easier to do them in batches where, you know, you might get a third of the trailer full of uh, debris or half a trailer full of debris from one lawn instead of going to the dump for that, just, uh, one lawn, it's easier to then, uh, instead of, you know, going to get your supplies to do a seeding and top dressing next to just go to the next house and power rake that one, uh, because you've already got all the tools with you and, uh, you have to go to the dump anyways, and you only have a half a trailer full. So I will batch them together, uh, like that. So, um, once that final mowing is done, I go through the hold on and I aerate it. Um, typically, uh, I don't like, um, aerating first and then putting products down after, which is what the next step will be here. But in the case of a lawn rental, this is the way I do it. Um, and the only reason I don't like doing that is just because, um, if I'm, uh, doing a normal, just aeration and then, uh, fertilizer for a client, I will, uh, or overseeding, I'll put the fertilizer or seed first, and then I'll, uh, aerate the lawn. And the reason I do that is just because the fertilizer spreader, uh, the wheels just get all full of the dirt cores. Uh, and then it, you build up this big, uh, circumference of dirt all around the tires, almost like a snowball, like rolling a snowball down a hill. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, so for a normal, uh, lawn where I'm not power raking and I'm just doing an aeration and putting like uh, fertilizer or lime or something down, I'll do the fertilizer and lime first and then I'll aerate. Uh, and then that saves, uh, the fertilizer spreader from getting completely dirty. But in this case, um, I will, uh, do the, um, aeration first because that's that step that I want to deal with now is doing that power rake and then uh, doing the, the aeration, having those two tools together and uh, getting all the lawns uh, that I've got scheduled for that day for uh, lawn rentals, getting them all done um, with that power raking and aeration. Once that's done, like I say, um, I go and uh, to the dump and then dump my debris and then uh, we're ready for uh, the third visit uh, to complete uh, the job. So uh, I'm just going to take uh, our final uh, break and then uh, we'll get uh, right back into it. Okay, my question this time is, I want to increase my online presence. What's the best way to get more online reviews from my customers? Julio, you're absolutely right that having more online reviews is going to help you boost your online presence. In fact, we've spoken with some customers who've used Jobber to get more online reviews and now have a stronger web presence than larger businesses who are spending way more money on marketing. 
So to get more reviews, assuming you're already delivering great customer service and doing excellent work, the simple answer is you have to ask for them. We have a two-step client review process that's very repeatable. First, right after a job is complete, use Jobber's automated follow-up emails to thank the client for their business and ask them to fill out a short survey that's built into our software. Clients will appreciate the professionalism of this, and it allows you to collect that great internal feedback. Now, step two is to look at the clients who've given positive feedback on that survey and send them a link to either Google Business, Yelp, or Facebook page and politely ask them for a review. Again, you can do all of this through Jobber using professional branded email templates. Make it easy for your clients to leave reviews and send that follow-up when the job is still fresh in the mind. And that's the key. So there you have it, Lawn Care Nation. If you want to see what Jobber can do for you and your lawn care business, head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash Jobber. You can start a free trial and even get 20% off your first six months. Okay, so now we're all ready for uh, step number three or the third visit, uh, more accurately. Uh, so like I said, uh, we've completed uh, the power raking. We've done the aerations. You know, we've gone to the dump. We might have two or three properties that we did uh, that last uh, batch at. Uh, and, um, you know, it's uh, on to the next step. So the next step uh, for me is to uh, put down a uh, f starter fertilizer uh, here in the Pacific Northwest. It would be to lime and then to put um, your uh, seed down and to top dress. So uh, obviously I'll go to a, a garden center. I'll pick up uh, some bulk soil uh, in the back of the trailer. The trailer's all cleaned out. That debris is all gone. Uh, get, um, you know, a few yards of soil put into the back of the uh, trailer and uh, go to those first houses and now we're presented with uh, a lawn that uh, was cut very short uh, on our last visit uh, and uh, then also uh, aerated and typically when I'm doing this uh, you guys uh, have heard me uh, talk about my mowing schedule how I mow typically on uh, Tuesday Wednesday Thursdays uh, each week and I always leave uh, Mondays and Fridays uh, for, uh, doing, uh, other jobs. Uh, so that's where, uh, you know, this schedule really, uh, works out nicely because if I did my power rakes, uh, on the Monday and, uh, power rakes narrations uh, on the Monday, uh, then I will go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and do all my regular mows. Uh, and then I'm back on the Friday to finish off those, uh, jobs. So it's only been about three days or if I've done my power rakes and aerations on a Friday, then I'd be back on, uh, the Monday. Um, and it's only been, you know, uh, Saturday, uh, Sunday in between, uh, to finish off the job. So it works really well. If you're mowing short, by the time you get back there, it's only been a few days and, uh, you know, the lawn is still relatively short. Now, of course, if you're just doing uh, one lawn at a time, um, and you don't have a bunch, um, then yeah, you can do the power raking, clean up aeration, all that in the morning, um, go to the dump, you know, have lunch and then, uh, pick up some soil, come back in the afternoon and finish the job. So either way, uh, whatever you want to do with your schedule, uh, but it's uh, still, uh, you know, into those three uh, visits. Uh, so that third visit, everything's ready to go. Um, and then that next step, uh, what I'm going to do uh, is I'm going to uh, put down my lime uh, 
uh, I'm going to put down uh, my starter fertilizer and I'm going to um, then uh, put down uh, my seed. Now, uh, a lot of you guys might think, um, why are you putting seed down? Shouldn't you, if you're going to be top dressing? Um, and the reason is, is you want really good soil uh, contact and you want to protect that seed uh, from the environment, from the air. Uh, grass seed will stay uh, fresh in a bag, uh, you know, on a store shelf. Um, as long as it's dry, it'll stay for many, many years. But uh, the moment uh, that moisture is introduced uh, into that seed, it starts the germination process. And, uh, you know, if at any time after that, that seed dries out um, before it has, uh, you know, grown roots and, and started to grow a seedling, it will die. Uh, and that's one of the biggest um, mistakes I see with people is they put the, their grass seed on top of the soil. Uh, without getting good soil contact, they don't rake it in. They don't, you know, mix it in or tamp it down and get some good coverage to it. And, uh, you know, uh, you'll see a lot of all the time people putting grass seed and it just doesn't grow. And uh, then they're constantly throwing more, trying to fix a patch. And, and that's the reason why it, it needs to be covered. You wouldn't plant a vegetable garden uh, by just throwing seeds on top of the soil. You're going to, you know, uh, uh, put those seeds uh, in the ground uh, and cover them uh, for them to grow properly. Um, so that's uh, one of the keys uh, to success is to uh, do that overseeding, uh, that reseeding first. And once the entire lawn uh, is blanketed with seed and what I'll use to uh, put that seed down is a drop spreader. So I won't use, um, I'll use the, um, uh, sorry, I'll use the, uh, uh, broadcast spreader i was had a uh trying to think of the name a broadcast spreader to put the lime down and uh put the regular fertilizer down because um you know you can get greater coverage and uh, then i'll use the a drop spreader to put my seed down uh now i do this because uh i'm uh, working in these tight uh, dense neighborhoods and I don't want the grass seed going everywhere. I don't want the grass seed going uh, into the flower beds. I don't want the grass seed uh, flying onto the sidewalk and on the driveway where it could end up in cracks and stuff. And, and, you know, they start getting grass growing um, in all those areas. Uh, so with the grass seed, I'll use a drop spreader. It takes, uh, you know, a lot more time, obviously, but it's much more precise uh, in putting the seed down. Um, and uh, I can just see exactly uh, where that seed is going. Uh, it's like a, a sheet or a blanket going down of grass seed. Uh, and I'll do it in stripes, uh, usually in two directions. So I'll go in one direction across the whole lawn and then uh, do the stripes in the opposite direction um, or in the cross direction, uh, to make sure that the seed is, is well covered. And I put enough seed down, um, so that you have really good coverage. I'm not just doing it, um, really lightly. I'm actually putting a, a good heavy, uh, coating of seed so that, um, you know, if you're looking at the lawn before you start and it's predominantly, well, in my case, there's a lot of bare areas because, uh, moss is the issue here and taking out that moss, um, moss is so aggressive that it'll, uh, choke out, uh, the lawn. 
So when you've done power raking and you've removed that moss, there's a ton of bare spots left, a ton of areas where there's just no grass. It's just dirt that's left. So when I'm putting seed down, I put enough seed so that if you're looking at the lawn, it just looks yellow because it's that whole coating of seed that's uh, mixed down there. I just put a good, healthy amount of seed down. Once that's all done, fertilizer, uh, you know, a good starter fertilizer is down. You got your uh, lime down uh, for here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, uh, depending on your soil conditions. Um, you may or may not use lime where you are, uh, but here we use uh, uh, lime a lot. Uh, and then uh, put that seed down. The next step then is to start top dressing. Um, so I'm just doing this with a wheelbarrow and a shovel and uh, uh, a metal rake. Uh, there's a couple rakes. You can get a landscape rake, which is a lot bigger and they work fantastically as well. Um, predominantly, I just like using uh, small metal rakes, uh, not the kind you would use for leaf cleanups, but uh, sort of, uh, you know, the uh, little rectangle ones that you would use for like uh, doing things like gravel and, and that sort of stuff. Uh, and I use the back of the rake, the flat uh, side of the rake, not the, the side with the teeth uh, for spreading uh, the soil. Uh, so what I'll do is I'll take the wheelbarrow full of soil, a good um, you know, organic soil. A lot of times here, uh, garden centers will send turf or sell turf blends, which is like a 50-50 mix of soil and sand. Uh, again, because of drainage issues and all the rain that we get here. Um, and perfectly acceptable uh, to use that uh, as well um or they you know i might use uh just a garden blend which is uh, the soil without uh, the sand mixed in but either way um you take your uh, your soil uh, mixture your straight soil i'll take it in the wheelbarrow and i'll start putting small piles all throughout the lawn i don't put it in a big pile um, because it's much harder to uh, pull and spread the soil out. I will just drop, um, you know, maybe three or four piles to start, and then I start to spread it out. Um, so I used to, when I first started, just drop the soil in, in piles everywhere throughout the whole lawn and then spread it out. And you can run into issues of not enough soil in one area or running out of soil and, and not having it en enough. Uh, and in, you know, where you started, it's very thick uh, because you started getting, you know, putting soil too close together, the piles and stuff like that. So what I do is I just start with, you know, three, four piles of soil that are, um, you know, not massive piles, just little uh, manageable piles. And I'll start to spread that out. So I put three or four piles down, grab my rake, the back of the rake, start pulling that soil and spreading it out so that I'm getting about a quarter inch to half an inch layer of soil uh, on the lawn. And once that's all spread out, uh, then I will dump, um, you know, two or three more piles. Usually uh, that's the extent of a wheelbarrow uh, full of soil, uh, soil is doing, you know, two or, uh, or, you know, initially three or four piles, spreading it out. And then you might get, you know, uh, two, two and a half more piles left of soil that's in the wheelbarrow. Uh, so I'll spread, uh, spread that out, go get another wheelbarrow full, 
do again my three or four piles from where I left off there of uh, spreading it out and so on and so forth and continue until uh, the, that whole process until the entire lawn is covered with, like I said, between a quarter to a half inch of soil so that you can't see the seed anymore. So that it's all covered up. Uh, the seed, the fertilizer, uh, and that you don't want to go too thick with your soil um, because it'll cause issues with um, being too lumpy and it'll also take much longer uh, for the seedling to grow uh, so or for the grass seed to germinate and to grow. Having that quarter to half inch I found is like the sweet spot to give you uh, quick results um, versus uh, having to wait a long time which is important for a customer who is um, in typically uh, impatient and wanting to see uh, the results. Uh, so, you know, it lets that, that new grass seed start to poke through. It gives enough protection there uh, for that grass seed so that it doesn't dry out. Uh, and uh, overall just um, has been, like I said, the sweet spot. If you have a lawn that has some major issues then you might want to uh, add more soil uh, because it's always good adding new organic um, you know soil but it will take longer if you're going to bury this the the seed um, so you might want to do it in two parts you might want to um, you know put that soil down first if you're going to go thick do that fertilizer the seed and the soil or sorry the seed and the lime and all that stuff that you're putting down and then go over the whole lawn again raking it uh, so that you're covering uh, the soil in, or covering the seed in just that top you know quarter inch layer of soil uh, so that you still get the quick results with adding um, you know a good layer of soil so that it's got a thing but you still risk the potential for a lumpy lawn with that um, because all that soil is going to compact down uh, so I just find it easier putting um, uh, just that thin uh, quarter inch to half inch layer it gives a good uh, bed for the soil and it's, it adds a good layer of organic um, material to the lawn and I'll also tell the customer that um, you know the next year we might want to uh, top dress it again and just, you know, keep adding if you're trying to uh, build up the health of the soil, just to keep adding, um, you know, top dressing each year as sort of a regular service for maybe two or three seasons uh, to get uh, that soil level all built up um, without having um, that, uh, you know, crazy, um, you know, dirt look uh, for a long time, which a lot of people want to avoid uh, because it's, springtime they want to enjoy uh their yards and stuff so they can become uh, like i said impatient and having it thick is just going to lead to a much longer uh, time uh, to wait for that seed so having a thin layer you get uh, you know some really quick results so once i'm done there then you're basically done and now the focus shifts to the customer and it's now their responsibility because the next step is watering. So I always tell customers when I'm quoting for this particular job uh, or doing a lawn renovation that, um, 
you know, I can guarantee that, you know, the steps and what I'm quoting for, quoting you for, like all the, the steps that I'll have, um, itemized and, uh, you know, line items and stuff of doing, uh, you know, the aeration and mowing short and, um, uh, power raking it and taking the debris away and all of the steps and putting a uh, seed and, and fertilizer and lime and top dressing it. I can guarantee that I am doing all of those steps and, but I can't guarantee is the results because the results are completely up to the customer. If I were to do all of those steps and then they just neglect it from the day, you know, that I'm done and don't do anything, they don't go out there and water and rely on say the rain uh, to water and stuff. Well, they're not going to get the results that they want. So they have to be diligent about the watering. So I tell them you need to water every day. You have to, um, make sure that that soil or that seed stays moist. And I tell them, you know, exactly what, uh, you know, I said here earlier about, you know, the seed can stay fresh in the bag for years on a store shelf. Once it's wet, it starts to germinate. If at any time that seed dries out, it's going to die off. And I tell them that's why I top dress over the seed because it provides that protection, that organic soil, uh, has a lot of composted material in it. You'll see little bits of sticks and wood and things like that in there. And that's all fantastic because it sucks in moisture and then it slowly releases moisture over time. So if you're doing a good deep watering, you know, the soil is protecting that seed from the air. It's also releasing the moisture from that organic matter uh, over uh, the, the course of the day. Uh, so, you know, it really helps in protecting, um, you know, the soil and, and, and keeping it moist. And I say, that's your, your number one priority here. You might have to water it, uh, a couple times a day, depending on, you know, if it's a really warm day, uh, in those early stages, uh, if it's a, you know, an overcast day or, or a cooler day, you can probably get away with watering it once, uh, you know, in the day, if it rains, you can, you know, probably skip the watering that day. Uh, but the key is to keep it moist. And, uh, in most cases, because of the, uh, bill that they're receiving, uh, the cost of this whole, uh, procedure, um, you know, they're, uh, obviously very willing, uh, to obviously get them the best results because they don't want the lawn to stay looking how it is, uh, you know, a big, um, you know, a field of dirt, uh, they want it to, uh, to fill in. So they'll get out there and they'll water it and, uh, they'll keep it moist. And, uh, if it's a, a regular mowing client, um, then I will still stop every week, even though I can't mow it, uh, because it's obviously covered in soil. I'll still stop each week, um, to check in on it. And, uh, if it's not a uh, mowing client and it's just a one, um, you know, off lawn rental job, then I'll still stop in once a week to check on it and I'll take photos and document each week, uh, from the same angles, the same photo over and over again each week that I visit, uh, just to see uh, the progress and you can kind of compare it and I'll even email them, uh, that, uh, as we go, uh, you know, uh, I'll use one of those apps where you can, uh, you know, divide a photo into three and I'll put, 
uh, you know, the first week, second week, third week, and you can see the progress there, uh, how it looked week after week. Um, and, uh, you know, it just keeps them, um, assured that you are uh, with them still, that you haven't, uh, basically abandoned them through the process. Uh, and, um, you can monitor, uh, it, uh, as you go. In most cases, um, and this is, um, you know, how I've been so successful uh, with this part uh, service is uh, because I am uh, constantly monitoring it. I'm communicating with them, making sure that they're watering it uh, and all that. And, and uh, you know, just emailing them uh, back and forth and checking in on it. Uh, you will see results uh, within about two weeks you start to see uh, the grass seeds, uh, seedlings starting. They're poking out of the ground. Now, if it's a regular mowing client, I will not mow the lawn for at least a month, uh, a minimum, minimum four weeks. And sometimes I will go as far as six weeks without mowing uh, that section of lawn, and I'll just leave it. Um, it really just depends on the conditions, um, you know, if it's gotten enough soil and stuff, or sorry, if it's gotten enough sun, um, to where uh, the lawn is nice and healthy and strong in that area before I I disturb it. If it's little tiny, uh, wimpy, thin little seedlings, I'm not going to put a mower over that. Um, but if the lawn is starting to get, you know, four or five, six inches tall and stuff, then I will put the, the mower over it and uh, and mow it. Uh, and, uh, you know, get that first cut because then that's going to, uh, stimulate the lawn into, uh, boosting again and, and starting to grow again, uh, and, uh, encouraging root growth and all that as well. Uh, and, uh, you know, from there, um, you know, it can, uh, fill in quite quickly and get into a, uh, you know, a nice, healthy, thick, uh, lush lawn. It's going to uh, grow really quickly over those next six months. Uh, there'll be a lot of cutting involved in the next six months. You've added fertilizer, you got new seed, you got all that organic soil uh, adding to, um, you know, the growing conditions. So uh, it's a really uh, great um, result uh, that you get in most cases following those steps of covering the soil and stuff. Now, there's a couple times where you may not have areas completely full. And I'll tell the customer about this too, before we start. Um, it's about managing their expectations. So there's going to be areas where, you know, maybe they don't water properly, or maybe that birds uh, start picking at the grass seed or things like that, or areas where they've watered too much, or, you know, maybe the drainage isn't great and water kind of uh, tends to uh, drain to one part of the lawn and maybe pool up or something. And it, that can, you know, kill the seed as well if it's too much water. Um, so I always tell them to expect that, you know, you, know, you probably get uh, about, you know, 80 to 90 percent um, uh, of the seed all filling in really nicely. But there's always, you know, one or two patches. And if necessary, then I can come and reseed those areas. And, uh, I will generally, uh, charge for the reseeding, um, if I have to do it again, because again, I can't guarantee what the customer is doing on their end and seed can be very expensive. Uh, so if I'm putting all the seed down and, and I'm very, um, uh, you know, 
when I'm putting it down, I'm, I'm putting down a lot of seed. Um, so it's not like I'm being chintzy or anything. I'm putting down a lot of seed. So, you know, if something happens and there's patches or they haven't watered and stuff, I'm not just going to come back and, and put seed down uh, for no extra charge. So they're aware of that when I quote that any additional seedings are uh, an extra charge. Um, and I tell them generally, you know, if you're doing your part and you're watering stuff, then there's just going to be a few patches that, uh, you know, you need to touch up and stuff like that. And sometimes I'll even give them a bag. I'll give them a Ziploc bag with seed and say, here, you can, uh, you know, have that and and touch up the, the areas or whatever. But uh, in a lot of cases, I just say, you know, it's just another visit. I'll come back and do it. And it's going to cost you, you know, this much or whatever for additional seedings. If I come back, obviously and the whole lawn hasn't, um, grown and nothing's growing, then I know something's not right. They're not watering it. They're not thinking because there's no reason why uh, it shouldn't grow. And I've, I've done this so often, so many times throughout the, the years, literally hundreds and hundreds of lawns that I've done renos on that um, I know exactly what the results will be. Uh, and uh, so there's no excuse with that. So I know, you know, if, if things are being neglected, they're not being watered properly, they're missing uh, days and stuff like that. Uh, so generally I'll do that put those patches uh, down, fill in any uh, little areas if there are any. Um, and that's about it. The lawn uh, will grow. Uh, and, uh, you know, there you, they have it. Six weeks, six to eight weeks uh, is what I'll tell them. Six to eight weeks before you have a full uh, lush lawn. Uh, and, uh, you know, it works out really, really well. It's a very... Uh, easy service, so to speak, to do as a single owner operator. Um, I think it's a lot less work, even though power raking and, and, you know, that is a bit of uh, work. It's a lot less work than having to deal with rolls of turf uh, or sod and tearing out an old lawn and, and doing all that sort of stuff. You you can do this manage over uh, a bunch of visits. You can batch do a bunch of people you can pre-sell a bunch of them do them all at once you know in those different phases and sections and it uh, works really uh, really well Um, as far as pricing goes um, you know it's going to be different for everybody in uh, all different uh, uh, areas I can tell you that um, you know I'm well into the you know, 15 to $1,600 for an average, you know, city lot, um, say a seven or 8,000 square foot city lot. Um, that includes the house driveways, patios, um, all that sort of stuff, whatever's left over of grass. Um, you know, I'll be in that 16, 17, $1,800 range to do the entire process. Uh, and then to also, you know, do those follow-up visits and uh, making sure everything's uh, going. So there's a lot of uh, work involved, not only just doing it, but also the follow-up and making sure they're getting the results that they want. Uh, And uh, like I said, over the years, um, customers have just been uh, very, very pleased with the results. If you are doing this process in the other scenario that I talked about in a Schaefer beetle or, uh, um, uh, you know, if it's a, a repair that you're doing, you're not doing the entire lawn. Um, it's a section of lawn. Then the process is exactly the same, except I can probably, you know, we'll do that in 
that repair all in one day because it might be one house that I'm doing um, the repair for. And I'll do instead of some key differences, instead of doing, um, you know, I'll go there and I'll, you know, either manually rake um, the debris out instead of power raking uh, because it may not need a power rake. Um, I'll just use a regular, you know, that metal rake and I'll rake out um, the, all the dead loose uh, grass in an area. Uh, and dispose of that uh, either in their bin, you know, if it's a small area, uh, and then, um, you know, I'll still do that uh, uh, aeration. Um, obviously, there's no moss control required in this scenario. Um, I put the seed down, um, fertilizer, lime, same as I did uh, with like a full lawn reno. Uh, and then instead of taking or having a trailer full of soil, I'll just buy uh, bags of uh, topsoil and, uh, you know, however much topsoil I need to uh, do that repair instead. Uh, and instead of using wheelbarrow, you know, I don't need a wheelbarrow for this because they're soils and bags. I can just take the bags with me uh, to the spot and dump them uh, as needed to spread out. Uh, and I'll do it that way. The only difference doing it in a lawn repair, uh, I would say is that the seeding part um, is that I still go very heavy with the seed in the repair area. Uh, especially because when I'm cleaning it all up, it's usually a lot of uh, just dirt that's left over. Um, but on the rest of the lawn that is hasn't seen all that damage, um, I will aerate the entire lawn, not just that area. <clears throat> and then I will overseed the entire lawn uh, as well as that area. So I won't go as heavy. I'll just do like one pass of the drop spreader on the entire lawn and then do multiple passes of seed with the drop spreader in the repair area. But the reason that I do uh, the entire lawn is that it blends in the color of the grass seed uh, a lot better so that the repair is virtually invisible uh, once you're done because you don't know the exact blend of grass seed that was used uh, for that lawn. There can be, you know, many different blends and, 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 you know, types of grass seeds that are used in, in different areas. So I will blend it in because I've seen so many times um, with other people that do repairs, they just do one patch and it's like a dark green versus, you know, the rest of the lawn because they haven't done the rest of it. I'll also do, um, you know, if I'm, doing repair and I'm putting that fertilizer and stuff down, I'll do that same as well to the rest of it. So I'm doing the lime, I'm doing the fertilizer, uh, and I'm doing the, uh, overseed to the entire lawn, uh, and then just going really heavy with the seed in the uh, repair zone and doing the top dressing just in the repair zone. Um, but those other steps, overseeding fertilizer and stuff, uh, I do it to the entire lawn. So it's encouraging growth all the way around and it just blends in the color, uh, you know, perfectly. Uh, and it's just virtually invisible, you know, after six weeks, once that uh, repair area is filled in, you've also got, um, the rest of the lawn, all that new seedling all filling in and the color just blends in beautifully. You can't even tell the difference, uh, that there was, uh, any issues there. So that is, uh, my entire process for doing, um, a lawn reno or lawn repair. Uh, I know this was a bit of a long episode, but I wanted to get into it in the details, uh, of, uh, exactly, uh, you know, how I do it, uh, and, uh, why I do it, uh, the way that I do it, 
uh, and, uh, you know, just to share, uh, you know, exactly what it is uh, that I do to get the results uh, that I do consistently uh, year after year after year. So uh, hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed uh, that uh, that episode. Uh, so uh, that's it for this week, guys. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now. <laughs>